Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I grew up in southern Georgia in the woods and swamps, hunting and hanging daily. Fast forward 20 years. I'm on my lease hunting property near Whitmire, South Carolina. I found it's Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Strange that the old guys in the club would never ever hunt alone in these woods. I normally carry a .36 while in the woods. One evening it was getting late, 20 minutes or so, maybe before dark. I'm watching some small ponds sitting over a road in the tall pines. I'm in my climber maybe 10 feet or so up in the tree. I love the woods but hate heights. The woods are loud but then very quiet. Okay, I thought. I was just hoping for a big buck. The next thing I hear is someone walking towards me in the small pines. But then they just stop. It's getting really dark. I start hearing deep groans where the walking had stopped. I'm thinking that it was a bear or a cat, which would be very uncommon in this area. A big cat, maybe. But bears this far south is not normal. It gets very quiet again. I could see the small road well in the moonlight. The next thing I hear, the groans are immediately under me, almost beside me. Now the groans are becoming growls. 
Also, the odor was a bit overwhelming, just like a dead animal in the woods. I thought that a stinky animal was climbing on my tree and felt like I was going to be grabbed. I started moving a bit, trying to get my gun pointed down and lifting my feet. I was shaking because I was freaking scared. I could hear heavy breaths. I started yelling down. If you're a club member trespassing, I don't care. Just identify yourself, or I'm gonna freaking start shooting. I thought someone was trying to get at me in the tree stand. I never heard another sound, and the foul odor was gone. I put my gun on my back and started slowly climbing down the tree. No more than two or three steps down the tree. I smelled that awful odor again. Then I heard a low groan. It was right in front of my face. But it was so dark that I saw nothing. It scared me so bad I stood up and jumped into the dark in the other direction. When I hit the ground, I rolled around, jumped to my feet, and ran down to the road. I ran as hard as I could to the gravel road where I could see well in the moonlight. At this time, I remembered that my buddy was down at the bottom of the road in the small pines where I put him in a big box stand. I didn't see his light, so I had to run down that road to get to the bottom by the rivers. He was down by the rivers. When I ran up to him, he said, Man, there's some weird shit going down. We need to go. We slowly walked together back up toward the gravel road. I heard someone walking on both sides of us all the way. I think my buddy was hearing it too. We didn't speak during the entire walk, maybe five to six hundred yards for some reason. I didn't feel my gun was going to help. I had hollered earlier, threatening to shoot, and whoever this was, they weren't scared. When we got to the gravel road, the entire atmosphere had changed. It was almost eleven o'clock at night by then. My buddy didn't talk much. We went back to camp and had some food. We went to bed. I could hear him rolling around all night, and I didn't sleep a wink. I've been a park ranger for over a decade, and in that time I've seen some incredible things. But nothing could have prepared me for the truth about what was really happening in the national park where I work. It all started when I noticed that there had been an unusually high number of disappearances in the park. Hikers, campers, and even other park rangers had vanished without a trace, and despite our best efforts, we couldn't find any clues as to what had happened to them. That's when I started to notice something strange. My supervisor and some of my colleagues seemed to be hiding something from me. They would speak in hushed tones when I was around, and I could sense that they were holding back information from me. Finally, I confronted my supervisor, demanding to know what was really going on in the park. That's when he revealed the truth. There were unknown predators in the park, creatures that were preying on hikers and campers and even other park rangers. I was shocked and horrified by this revelation, but what really terrified me was the fact that my colleagues had been keeping this information from me. How long had they known about these creatures? And why hadn't they done more to warn people or protect them from harm? I knew that I couldn't keep this information to myself. I went to the media and shared the truth about what was really happening in the park, but instead of being praised for my bravery, I was fired from my job as a park ranger. Now I'm on the run, pursued by the very people I used to work alongside. But I won't stop until the truth about the unknown predators in the park is exposed. I know that it's dangerous and that these creatures could come after me at any moment. 
but I won't rest until justice is served and the innocent people who have vanished in the park are given the answers they deserve. And I am John, a seasoned park ranger. I know these woods like the back of my hand, or so I thought. One day I received a call that changed everything. A murder had occurred in the park, and no one knew who did it. When I arrived at the scene, it was clear that no human could have committed such a heinous act. The victim's body was mangled, and deep claw marks were etched into the ground. As I began to investigate, a feeling of dread came over me. I knew that something terrible was lurking in these woods, something not of this world. And then I saw it, a creature unlike any I had ever seen before. It stood over eight feet tall with razor-sharp claws and eyes that glowed like fiery embers. Its breath was hot and putrid, and its movements were quick and precise. I knew I had to catch this beast before it killed again, but as I pursued it deeper into the woods, I realized that I might not make it out alive. The predator was nowhere to be found, and I was getting frustrated. I knew that if I didn't solve this case soon, more lives would be in danger. I went back to the scene of the crime and found a small scrap of fur that looked like it belonged to the predator. I sent it to the lab for analysis and waited anxiously for the results. When they finally came in, my worst fears were confirmed. The predator was a genetically modified creature that had escaped from a nearby laboratory. I immediately contacted the lab and informed them of the situation, and they sent a team to recapture the creature. But the creature was too strong and too smart for them. It outsmarted the scientists and managed to escape yet again. I knew that it was only a matter of time before it struck again. I spent every waking moment searching for the predator, tracking it down through the thick underbrush and deep into the heart of the park. As I closed in on it, I knew that this would be the moment of truth. Would I be able to stop it before it killed again? With my heart pounding in my chest, I came face to face with the creature. It was enormous, with razor-sharp claws and teeth like knives. But I was determined not to back down. I drew my weapon and prepared to fight for my life. The creature lunged at me, and we engaged in a vicious battle. It was like nothing I had ever experienced before. But I was determined to come out on top. In the end, I managed to take down the predator and save countless lives. As I stood there gasping for breath and covered in blood, I knew that I had made the right decision to become a park ranger. I had protected the park and the people who visited it, and I had proved that even in the face of great danger, a single person can make a difference. I was walking home from fishing, taking a different trail, as I got about two third roads. Up the hill, I had the hair on my neck stand up and a feeling like I was being watched. This was around 5 p.m. I just casually kept walking till I got home, always checking my back. It happened again within a week, maybe a few days. Did not smell anything, cause I had been fishing or no smell anyway. Wasn't long afterwards, I was checking on the clouds of a thunderstorm when lightning struck close to the trailer. By this, I mean I had my head out the door. I heard a yell about 70 yards behind the trailer. It didn't sound like a cow, but I checked anyway. No cows had been in the area for at least six months. The scream was high-pitched without coming down a lot at the end. 
With my wife being there, I'd just close the door and didn't say nothing. I would say the following Sunday afternoon, my wife went to church at 6 p.m. And I stayed home to watch TV, about 45 men. Later, I was laying on the couch watching TV when something had blacked out my window at the far end of my trailer. The window was one feet wide and three feet tall. I'd raised up to look out my picture window above the couch and it turned the corner and walked around the steps at the back door. It was looking off into the woods and as it kept walking, it looked at the ground. Understand this, though, I had clear plastic on my window to keep heat in from winter. Hadn't taken it down yet. When it got to the window, I'd already laid back down on the couch, looking up and lay still. It looked down at me and kept walking, hopefully. I laid there for about as long as I could stand, maybe a minute. Then I got off the couch by sliding on the floor. Went and got my gun, walked back in the living room and waited a minute, then went outside making all noise I could. I checked the back of the trailer, nothing there. Details of Bigfoot is as follows. He was about seven feet tall, maybe seven feet, three, solid black, no white or brown that I could see. Remember the plastic, his head was more rounded and not cone-shaped. I could not see the color of his eyes or anything like that. He was broad-shouldered and thinner around the waist than what you usually see in the pictures, and he walked more upright, not humped over like a gorilla. His hands hung around his thighs. The next morning, around 10 a.m., I got up from bed as I worked second shift then. My wife told me a friend of mine had come down to see me. I asked what did he want. She said she only saw him as the top of his head went across the kitchen window. We had to set the trailer on four blocks high and three on the other end, which meant you could not see anyone walking in front of the trailer, not out the kitchen window anyway. I told her my friend was six feet four and with a hat on. You could not see him the way she had told me. We lived on rocky ground, but I had one dusty dirt spot at the end of the trailer, hoping he had walked in it. I checked, and in the middle was a footprint. It was about twelve and a half inches long, and three and half to four inches wide at the heel. Being dust, it was only one-fourth deep. There were only three toes, which I did not understand at the time. I told some friends at work, and one came to see it. The following Friday or Saturday night, he and a friend of his came over, no drinking sorry, and I told him the whole story. My friend was not hard convinced, but his friend started talking big. So I told them, let's go outside, joking around to see how brave he was when we heard two dogs about medium to small size started barking and chasing something on the other ridge behind my trailer, which was not far at all, maybe 200 yards. They chased it into the small valley about 50 yards, south of us. When one dog quit barking, the other gave one more. Then it was quiet, stunned. We looked at each other, and Bigfoot started running back towards us. It stopped about 80 yards from us and started to hit a tree with something that sounded like a branch about four to five inches thick. Then it ran closer to about 40 yards and done the same thing again. By this time, all bravery was gone. I went back in the trailer and got my gun, come back out and ask if anything had happened. The brave guy thought he might have seen something in the shadows south of us. Light was on, of course. They took the gun away from me and I didn't mind thinking I had a way of escape, but we heard nothing else. My nearest neighbor is about 250 yards away, mother-in-law, no one else for at least a mile. 
No reason to mess with us that I could even think of. That was the last I've seen or heard of him. I've been a park ranger for over a decade, and I've spent countless hours in the woods. But nothing could have prepared me for what I encountered on that fateful day. I was out on a routine patrol when my radio suddenly went dead. I tried to retrace my steps back to camp, but the dense forest made it impossible to find my way back. As the sun began to set, I realized I was lost. Panic set in as I realized I had no food or water, and the temperature was quickly dropping. As I stumbled through the underbrush, I heard something rustling in the bushes ahead. I froze, waiting for whatever was making the noise to reveal itself. After a few tense moments, a massive creature emerged from the foliage. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before, towering over me on two legs, with fur as black as midnight and eyes that glowed in the darkness. The creature let out a low growl, and I knew I was in serious danger. I tried to back away, but it was too fast. It lunged at me, its razor-sharp claws slashing through the air. I managed to dodge the first attack, but the creature was relentless. It chased me through the forest, its deafening roar echoing through the trees. I was sure I was going to die, but then, as I stumbled through the underbrush, I saw a glimmer of hope. In the distance, I spotted a faint light. I knew it was a ranger station, and I knew that was my only chance. With all the strength I could muster, I ran towards the light. The creature was hot on my heels, but I could hear it slowing down as I got closer to the station. Finally, I burst through the door, slamming it shut behind me. I was battered and bruised, but I was alive. The creature had disappeared back into the woods, and I was left alone to process what had just happened. In the days that followed, I couldn't stop thinking about the creature that had attacked me. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before, and I knew that no one would believe me if I told them what had happened. But I also knew that I had survived and that I had a duty to warn others about the dangers that lurked in the deep woods. I never forgot the terror I felt that night, but I also never forgot the resilience and strength that helped me survive. But I grew up seeing shadow people, white shadow people too. When Slender Man got popular, I immediately thought of some of the things I've seen here. There was some sort of entity that would harass the little girls who lived here. Nothing horribly obscene or anything but my sister used to complain about a figure that would walk around her bed at night and say mean stuff to her. Like it would walk back and forth and call her string bean an ugly little ginger bitch. By the way, after my sister was telling me this all upsetting shit, I actually laid off of teasing her for being a ginger for a couple years. It made me feel really bad. Anyway, she said she could never see its face or anything, but its outline was like the Grinch from the old Christmas movie. She'd always complain about it, and my older cousin, also female, chimed in while she was talking to me about it and said she had the same thing happen to her when she would stay here. They both agreed that it lived in a hole in the air between two oak trees that just refused to grow, an area my sister refused to play. Those oak trees have been the same size since I was probably five years old and I'm 33 now, still the same size. Keep those trees in mind. 
it gets weird about the trees. So shortly after my friend moved out, about a year later, my girlfriend and her daughter moved in. After about six months, her daughter started complaining about the same thing. She was scared to tell us at first. She would come in and wake us up, and we figured it was just her being scared of the dark. She was around six at this time. One morning, while we were getting her ready for school, she started quietly telling her mom about it. Could tell she was embarrassed and didn't want to talk about it. I was making coffee, and it stopped me dead in my tracks. I stopped and squatted down to talk to her and smiled to try to ease her worry and got her talking more about it. She straight up called it the Grinch, like that was its name. She said it just walked around her bed, saying mean stuff to her. Never touch her, or anything. I asked what kind of mean stuff, and she said he walks back and forth, and he says bad words, and calls me fat piggy and dumb little girl. In other words, I'm not supposed to say. Freak me out super bad. Started texting my sister about it, and would have contacted my cousin too, but she is estranged from most of the family at this point. So my sister and I talk about it, put up crosses in the house. I put up some Norse protection runes, salt at the doors, and sage the house. It apparently subsided after that, so one or all of those worked. When I was walking her to the bus stop for school a couple months later, she pointed at the area between the two oak trees that won't grow and said, That's where that stupid Grinch lives. Ha! Can't get me any more stupid Grinch! And then she threw a rick at the trees. Was pretty funny but I got concerned again and started asking her about it. She said she was fine and she hadn't seen him in a long time. I'm assuming since I took some precautions and used warding of various types. So I asked what she meant by him living between the trees. She told me he lives in the air between them, like when we watch Stargate. So trying to get more answers before the bus comes, I asked her how she knew that and if she could see him right now. She looked back at the trees and said, No, he's not here right now. He only comes out at night because the sun makes him invisible. So now I ask if I could see him if I tried. She says no. Only girls can see him, and you're a boy, so you're not supposed to see him. And then the bus came, and we kind of dropped it at Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. After that, but ever since then, I've got weird, unexplainable knocking on windows, particularly when I'm in the shower. My girlfriend at the time, the girl's mom, and I split up several years ago, and I still get the window knocking and weird noises. I'm used to it now because that's just life here. It's always been weird as hell. Saw Greenman's face once when I was a kid. Weird piece of property we've got here. Lowell edit. So for further reference, my girlfriend's daughter never met my cousin and never talked to my sister about stuff like that. So it's not like the idea was planted in her head by them or anything. Later on, when talking to my sister about it, she told me that maybe it's because she's getting older, but as time goes on, she has forgotten more and more about it. 
She said she doesn't even remember it having the outline of the Grinch anymore. She remembers calling it that and knowing that it looked like the Grinch before, but doesn't remember the outline. She used to be able to go into detail about it, but now all she vividly remembers is the ginger bitch part. And maybe that's due to growing up, adulting, and prioritizing memories, but she's 35 and I'm 33. I remember these conversations vividly because it freaked me out so bad. I am 20 and me and my buddies enjoy late night walks on the trails within the various conservation areas in my region of southwestern Ontario. Late last week week we decided to check out an area called Pleasant Valley. To my knowledge, this area has a deep-rooted history with the Underground Railroad, indigenous peoples, as well as the War of 1812, if I am not mistaken, given its proximity to Lake Erie. We entered the woods at about 2 a.m., and immediately upon entering, I was overcome with a bad feeling, and after walking for some time, the feeling progressively worsened, until we reached two bent trees and an X over the path. My one buddy pointed out the fact that it's bad juju to go underneath and we should just call it a night, as we all felt watched. As soon as we turn around and start to head back, the entire forest seemed dramatically quieter. We all hear a loud, distinctively human whistle behind us, almost like how you would call a dog over. There is no way anyone could have been out there at that hour, and there is no homes in close enough proximity for someone to be out and about. We all ran, and I was honestly terrified, me, and my friends are all relatively big guys, and we are all comfortable in the woods, so it takes a lot to get us running low. Any ideas? Hello, what do people think this thing was? A demon goblin something else? Why was it in my house? This took place in a suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota around 2015. My father was a police officer for 30 years. He is a respected member of the city council and an all-around reliable dude. He told me that a few years back he walked into the bathroom late at night to get ready for bed and a four-foot-tall demon thing was standing on the bathroom rug facing him. He didn't feel scared but sensed that the creature was just being annoying. It had long arms hanging almost to the floor, and had brown fur, but wasn't super hairy. He said it had a bat-like face, but not quite as smooshed. His first reaction was to say, in the name of Jesus, leave my house. He said it just kind of stared at him, then jumped up and vanished through the closed bathroom window. No broken glass. End of story. This happened in the summer of 2020 in Lawrence County along Blaine Creek in eastern Kentucky. My mom's home, where I grew up, is situated in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. There are no houses or neighbors within half a mile of her house. The area is simply beautiful mountains. One night her old dog was barking, whimpering, and growling. He just wouldn't stop acting up. My mom was confused since there were no outside noises that she herself could hear. The dog was pacing back and forth to the door and windows. After 30 minutes or so, she decided to grab her flashlight and go outside to make sure everything was okay. 
No animals had been messing with her trash cans, so she figured her dog was picking up the smell of a raccoon or other nocturnal critter. She scanned her yard and the creek and didn't see anything out of place. So she turned to go back into the house, and that's when she saw it. I will give the best description that I can from what she told me. I've never seen it myself and hope I never do. She said it was standing on its hind legs. These hind legs looked like an animal's, but the front looked more human. It had patches of long, light-colored fur all over the body and legs. The top looked like a humanoid man, while the lower part looked like an animal. The face was very odd. She called it an alien apeman. She said that it stood about seven feet in height and was muscular. She stood paralyzed with fear, shining her light on it. It looked at her. Then it started walking on all fours out of her yard, towards the back and toward the mountain. It did stop and look back at her a few times, but finally disappeared into the darkness. There was another encounter. One night a few weeks later, her dog began acting up again. She decides to stay inside. She turned her lights off and looked out of her dining room window. There was a pole light in the yard. She was able to see it again, although it was further away from her and not as detailed. She said it had the same shape and was the same thing she saw just weeks earlier. She backed away from the window for a few minutes, then looked out again. It was gone. After that, she would walk out onto the back porch and fire her shotgun at dusk, hoping the creature would heed her warning. It's been over two years now, and she still fires the shotgun every early evening. The creature hasn't returned. I had just gotten up from sleeping and was putting on clothes for the a.m., fishing with my friend. I was standing and looking out the upper bedroom window and saw a large, grayish-brown, hairy figure trotting through the edge of the woods towards the log cabin and turned to trot across the earth dam. I immediately went downstairs and asked my friend if he was attempting to play a joke, but he was already down at the boat in another direction. The figure had been jogging or trotting at a moderate pace with a hunched-over stance, and I witnessed it for six to ten seconds before it disappeared across the lake. I am a Marine Corps veteran from Vietnam, and I have better than 20-20 vision I have been on many fishing trips in the area for about ten years. When the figure was moving through the tree area, it looked as though it was brushing some of the limbs with its body. I was driving back home from my friend's place in rural western Minnesota around 1-2 a.m. I was driving through this area that's about three-fourths of a mile long that's just a long canopy of dense trees. Dark even in the day, but at night it's pitch black. You can barely see 20 feet in front of you, even with high beams on. Anyway, driving about six feet away from the side of the road 100 feet ahead of me, I see something that looks wrong in a way I can't explain. You know when something doesn't make sense to you, or you know something isn't right. Like the parasympathetic feeling we get when we see someone break their ankle. We know it isn't supposed to bend that way, so it gives us the heebie-jeebies. It was like that, but I wasn't sure why until I was 30 feet away from it. It was this coyote standing on its hind legs and was way too tall to be an actual coyote standing upright. Coyotes are the size of a very small lab, like 50 pounds, on a good day, if that, this thing was at least six feet standing. 
It made me feel nauseous just looking at it. It was too tall and its face was wrong. It looked humanoid, the same way we recognize human faces as being human. I had that feeling like I was looking at a person, but it wasn't totally human. It reminded me of cat eye syndrome, but at least that is explainable. This wasn't. Anyway, I spent way too long being as close as I was to that thing as it stared at me, but I gunned it out of there and locked the hell out of my house when I got home, despite being around 20 miles away from where I saw it. I don't know what it was, but it freaked the F out to me. When I went to bed yesterday as usual, I don't remember seeing or feeling anything out of ordinary prior to that, but what happened next was possibly the most real dream I've ever had, to the point that I'm not sure if it even was one. It all started with me waking up in the middle of the night, or at least I thought I woke up. Next, I saw a very bright, cold white light coming out the window. It wasn't focused like a flashlight would be more as if there was a very bright light bulb, and it was getting more and more bright. At some point, I felt that my ears started ringing. I was scared shitless, to be honest, but just froze in bed and stared at the light. I closed my eyes because it was getting painfully bright, and then there's like a gap in my memory. Maybe I fell asleep, but the next thing I remember is what I would call the second part of this dream. So here I wake up again, only to see that I'm no longer in my bed, but instead lying on some kind of a table with two literal aliens standing just next to me. Here I would like to say that I couldn't move anything besides my head, and even that was pretty difficult. Also, the table certainly was a little too short for me, because my feet were dangling over the edge. Now about these beings, their skin was very pale and kind of yellowish, almost like a corpse skin would look like. They had no hair whatsoever and were completely naked. Their eyes were just sort of plain gray color and only a little bigger than regular human eyes. Their heads were bigger than human heads too, but not like in those cliché descriptions. Ears were kind of pointy and protruding out. Their height was about five feet tall, I'd say. They had very narrow shoulders, lanky arms and legs. But what stood out is that their bellies were huge. Think like a beer belly on a very fragile body. The room was well lit. The walls looked like they were made of some really dark metal, and in the corner on the right stood what I would describe as a see-through bathtub, filled to the top with what looked like sausages, and to make it weirder, there were two of these aliens sitting in that bathtub and staring at me. And oh God, the stench! It felt like something had died and was rotting in there. Next, one of the humanoids standing next to me had this thing in its hands. Best I could describe it as a starfish, but it was dark brown. The alien lifted my t-shirt off and placed that starfish thing on my belly. It felt like it attached itself to me. It was kind of slimy and overall felt disgusting. Right after doing that, it left the room through the entrance that was behind me. I couldn't see where it led. The three remaining aliens just kept staring at me without saying or doing a thing. Or doing a thing, after a while, I started feeling dizzy and as if I was about to vomit. I can't tell why. Maybe it was the stench, but a few minutes after the alien came back and took the starfish thingy off me, 
I passed out almost immediately after. Then I woke up in my own bed. No signs of aliens anywhere. My stomach looked as if nothing happened to it, but I still felt pretty sick. I had breakfast, and in a few hours I think the feeling simply went away. I was out at my grandparents' house, hunting coyotes as usual this time of year. I was hiking through my next-door neighbor's land to get to the wood-covered land in the back. While I was hiking, I got the feeling I was being followed by something to my right. I stopped and switched the red tint on my headlamp to my spotlight, but didn't see anything. Then I switched back to my headlamp and pulled my rifle back up and continued my hike. It was 6.15 a.m. and the sun was just coming up. I was sitting in a hide I'd made the day before. That's when I saw something behind a group of trees on my left. It was crouched. I raised my rifle, looked through my scope, and froze when I saw the creature staring back at me. I panicked and fired a shot off. That's when it stood up and took off. Deeper into the woods. I sat there probably another 25 minutes before I decided it was safe to head in and did so. Later that day, I grabbed my grandfather, and we both went out to where I had seen the creature when it stood up on two legs and took off. We measured where I had seen it, and it was roughly seven, one-half feet tall. To this day, I'm terrified to go out at night or in the early morning hours. I was staying at the Marriott Hotel 6th floor in Huntsville, Alabama at the Space and Rocket Center. At 5.40 a.m. on Feb 24, 2009, I went on the balcony to drink my coffee as the room was too stuffy and hot. I was out there just thinking and staring off at the woods when something caught my eye. After refocusing on it, I realized there were legs, then arms. Then I could clearly make out his face. The creature stood six, seven feet tall and was staring directly back at me. It seemed to have fine hairs all over gray color hair that got more black as the hair got closer to the skin. The tips of the hair were much lighter. The face, lips, lids, etc. were more of a very dark brown. It stood very erect, was very muscular, and did not seem to have the ape-like protruding mouth and nose, but more flat-faced human-like. After 30 seconds, he started rocking back and forth. I then realized this was moving and could in no way be mistaken for a deer or bear or anything else. This was a fully erect ape-like animal that seemed to want me see him. He was rocking back and forth from side to side. After the initial 30 seconds, he rocked for about 10-12 seconds, then stood and stared at me. I was on the sixth floor, about 120 yards away, in decent lighting due to hotel lights and street light behind loading area of hotel. He then would stare back, then he would remain face forward, with feet only about two feet apart, would lean over to his left, with his right arm would start pulling bark off a very large pine tree. It looked as if someone were in a sawing position. Then he would stand up, stare at me, then rock, and then pull bark. This was done in that order three times over a five-six minute period. After five minutes of reverifying what I was looking at, I felt this creature was docile and smooth moving. I decided I would try and get a closer look. As I opened the sliding glass door, he stared, and I stared back. 
I ran out of the hotel room, and there was security in our hall, laying the morning news at the hotel room doors. I asked him to come with me and asked for backup since he had no gun. We ran around the corner outside. As we were running, I finally got the nerves to tell him what I saw. We get to the reference points I had chosen, and there were a lot of fresh bark removed from the large pine tree. I tried to pull bark from it to no avail. It was too hard. I am six feet four, three hundred pounds. I went back after seven a.m. light. I did notice what looked like scat. It took the form of explosive diarrhea and looked like a hundred birds had pooped in a small area, like in a shotgun pattern, heavy in the middle and lighter to the outside perimeter. I put a large handful in a Marriott laundry plastic bag. It looks like feces and digested berries and seeds. It was dry, although it had rained the night before. One of the Marriott employees saw two large footprints, more like deep indentions in the pine straw. I took off my shoe and placed my foot in it, and there was about a one-inch area all the way around my foot in order to fill the indention. Something very heavy had to make these indentions. I tried, and I am 300 pounds and could not. I am 100% positive of the above description. I watched this clearly for five, six minutes. My encounter occurred twenty or so years ago, way before what I saw even had a name. My encounter with what you call Dogman happened one afternoon as my family and I were returning home from shopping in town. I was living in a little town in East Texas at the time, and we lived about ten solid minutes from any real signs of civilization. The town itself at the time had a population of around five hundred and it took ten minutes of dirt road driving just to get to the gas station general store. The nearest town was called Lufkin in its population, and its population at the time was around thirty-zero. We were heading home, and we were on the first part of the longest dirt road we had to travel down. There were several large hills that would make your stomach churn if you hit them too fast. We had just gone over the first one of them on our journey home, when I saw something up ahead. It at first, I thought it was a deer. It was large and brown, and was jumping over a barbed wire fence on the right side of the road. It leapt over the barbed wire fence and managed to not only clear the fence, but landed roughly in the middle of the road. This already made me perk up a little, as that was an impressive jump, even if it was a deer. As we got closer, whatever this was took another impressive lunge and made its way to the other side of the road just shy of the barbed wire fence on the other side. It never stopped, but continued up the embankment. I could swear that as it propelled itself up the side, it looked back at us, over its left shoulder, as if it were deciding who what we were. Not sure. 